This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Exciting, everybody. Yeah. The first annual My Favorite Weekend. That's right. Yes. It's an exactly right whom's whom. That's right. Exactly. How was the murder squad? Tell us the truth. Tell us every word. Were they so amazing? Isn't it hilarious? Like, whatever, two, two years ago, it was like Paul Holes was just this distant internet yeah. dream and now it's like he's doing the weekend with us <laughs> come on everybody we're all hanging out backstage yeah just chilling, talking about the biz the biz you know just stuff like that we're very excited to be here with you tonight yeah we're, um yeah it's exciting a lot of fireball feelings oh, yeah. in the audience what did we, you guys think of that Oh my yeah. God, they were like, we need a specialty cocktail for the weekend. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore, makeup cocktails. <laughs> so I said, let's do Paps Blue Ribbon and a shot of Fireball. Yeah. And it happened. Yeah. We, so That level of power now, yeah. where when we say the specialty drink is Paps Blue Ribbon and Fireball, <laughs> everyone goes, let us make that happen for yeah. you. I'm sorry about your hangover tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to hate your life I tomorrow. I apologize in advance. The bad decisions that are going to result from you having a third triflers need not apply yeah. are unbelievable. They should come with a two, two minimum. Maximum. Minimum? Minimum. Maximum. Yes. <laughs> Let's ruin some lives. <laughs> oh my God. This feels like camp. It's very campy. Um, so the first thing we're going to do tonight is, is like record a mini episode like we do, like we do at home. At home. But we'll do a live for you here right now. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yes. Whoa. This is made of 100% cat fur. I didn't realize. No, no. Clearly we're in rich people territory if the chairs <laughs> are like this. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, oh. This isn't smart water. This is <laughs> That's the only water we drink. That's a really nice rotation it on is these a chairs. Nice chair. That's a good fucking chair, good. everybody. These are good. Okay. Um, oh, let's hear it for DJ Dante Fontana and DJ Fifi. Yes. They're good friends of the podcast. We 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 were all on live journal. It's been great. <laughs> You met on Makeout Club. Met on Makeout Club, Live Journal. You know, all the hits of the early aughts. 
remember. What about? Don't care. <laughs> Thank you. It's not. It, this isn't like. Oh, I get to shout my feelings time. And you know that. You know that if you're here at the weekend, you know that. So we're gonna. We picked out hometowns. I, I was saying we should do it how we do at home, which is quietly read and go. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to just read in front of you. For like 22 minutes, which is what happens to Steven when we do it there, where we just start circling. It's true. It is true. Um, hey, but instead, we're going to do show stuff and actually um, read the stories yeah. for you. And then, then we're going to do a hometown episode where the least drunk of you get to come up on stage and... Yeah. Actually, tell us your hometown. So it looks like it's going to be two members of the staff <laughs> and Vince Averill. I'm just going to say, start drinking water now, okay? <laughs> Great. You'll thank me tomorrow. Um, do you want to go first? Absolutely. Okay, great. Good. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice, you guys. Pin drop silence. <clears throat> The subject line of this email is a very witchy first responder email. Mm. Hey, team. Ah, That's a new one. Hey, team. Hey, team. Uh, you asked for all things weird and spooky, so I hope this hometown delivers. If not, well, fuck it. <laughs> very strong start. start. Yeah. Yes. I work uh, as a first responder in a rural county in Northern California. California. It's six months behind Southern California. <clears throat> Thank you. As a former hometown to a couple Nasso victims, there is no short of weird. Oh, okay, Nasso asshole. Um, such as a mannequin dressed as Hannibal Lecter poised at the end of a very dimly lit dead end street. Wow. Which is displayed year round. That's not seasonal. What? There's always a mannequin of Hannibal Lecter at the oh, end of the street. Just leave your Christmas lights up. Uh, <laughs> which is worse. <laughs> While I was on training, long before I was accustomed to the bizarre occurrences that seemed to occur daily, I was on patrol when I saw an elderly woman screaming and running out to the roadway. Mm. The woman, who was all of four and a half feet tall, ran up to me, screaming in a language that I could not understand. Her daughter ran out of the house and apologized profusely. She said her mother was suffering from dementia and was confused. Mm. Her mother became an even more enraged and grasping my arm. As the tiny woman held my arm, she yelled, her daughter translated, she's cursing you and she giggled awkwardly I assumed that she meant cursing at me until two weeks later I was in the emergency room with inexplicable swelling to the same arm the tiny angry woman had been clutching oh no yes several nurses and doctors examined x-rayed and poked at my arm but could find no reasonable explanation as to why my arm was swelling to twice its size Ow. and sadly workers compensation does not cover witchcraft I asked <laughs> 
It was nearly two years later when I had my second encounter with a person of the witchy persuasion. I was conducting a coroner's case of an elderly woman who, prior to her demise, was an end-of-life caretaker. She had amassed an entire family of loved ones left behind by those she cared for and was, by all accounts, a gem of a human being. While looking through the house, I found loads of homeopathic remedies and a book about white witchcraft. I assumed she was an extremely curious retiree. <laughs> Wrong. You know. As I made my way through the residence, I turned the corner and found myself standing in front of a black altar adorned with figurines, dollar bills, and burned photos. <laughs> the walls and ceiling around the altar were painted in inky black. Oh. After my first encounter with the wacky world of witchcraft, I put on my gloves and backed the fuck out of the room. <laughs> And then in parentheses, as if latex glove protected against woo-woo. No. I asked her family if she's if uh, she was a bruja. Her broken-hearted adopted daughter smiled and said, yes, we don't go in that room. <laughs> they don't say that beforehand. Yeah. That's like the cat box room at my house. <laughs> I just stay away. Just, just don't go in there. Just don't go in there. It's none of your business, really. <laughs> She told me about the trips to the store for ritualistic chicken feet and how she would burn photos of her granddaughter's boyfriends whom she did not trust. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After learning more about her life and her practice, I'm sure she was a benevolent bruja, but I kept my gloves on the entire time. <laughs> Stay sexy and remember that workman's comp does not cover witchcraft-related <laughs> injuries. No name. Sweet. That's a good one. Sweet. That was a good one. That was nice. Um, how about this? Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and furry friends. Okay. I mean, look, you got to do what you got to do at the beginning of these emails. <laughs> Whatever it takes. I thought you might be interested in this story because it takes place in mine and George's hometown of Irvine, California. They like it. Okay. I'm on board. I mean, I'm not moving back, but... Um, Constantly rate, consistently rated one of America's safest cities. A few years back, a new family moved into our neighborhood, a mom, dad, and their young adult son. I started feeling like the new neighbor's son was watching me, and I was pretty sure he had followed me while walking my dog and taking our daughter to the local park multiple times. Yep. Additionally, I started suspecting that he was walking by my house unnecessarily and had started parking his car so that he could see into our house. Look... Love is a Listen. strong emotion. Oh, wait, no. You keep reading. I'll talk after. Okay. I told my husband my fears, and it erupted into literally the biggest fight of our now 15-year relationship. Uh-oh. Because he said that I was making this up in my head because I read too much true crime and that I was concerned. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And was concerned because someone was walk just walking around the neighborhood. He's just walking around the neighborhood. I feel like this guy's going to get his comeuppance at the end of this email. I think so, too. I have a good feeling. I ended up calling the cops the day after this fight because I thought that he followed me home from a park once again, and the cops said that they really couldn't do anything because he was just walking around. Yep. Uh, a week later, the Irvine Police Department called me back and wanted to talk to me about the report I had made the week prior. Apparently, this gentleman had broken into a house near mine while everyone was in the house and sleeping and climbed on top of a 21-year-old girl. She woke up and screamed, and her male roommate ran into the room and startled. The assailant jumped and ran out the back door. The cops caught him later that night. 
I had to testify at the trial and found out that this girl had also felt like he was watching her for days. She looked almost exactly like me. At one point, I got to read some of his testimony, and he admitted that he had been following me and that I had a big black dog that barked at him. In court, baby. Sorry, but that is the, like, what did I fucking tell you? Um, let's, you know what? Sorry. Will you read that back, please? <laughs> I don't think he heard it. Always trust your gut and lock your doors, even in the safest city in the U.S. <laughs> no, no name. Amazing. A real comeuppance. I mean, the idea of someone telling me that I'm overreacting. <laughs> I mean, ever. Yes. No, sorry. Okay. Especially in the height of an overreaction. Yeah. That's the worst time to do it. <laughs> Not mid-scream. Okay. Where, where are you at? I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> okay. I'll just read this. <laughs> it just starts like this. Karen, Georgia, Stephen, Elvis, Mimi, Dottie, Frank, and George. Vince should get a shout-out, too. Yeah. And as well, he should. Yes. A few weeks ago, my boyfriend, family, and I were out to lunch, and my mom and I were talking about what her life was like growing up in Southern California, given she lived there from 1956 to 1981, a.k.a. when all the shit was happening. <laughs> she very casually mentioned how she discovered she had a broken back while riding horses. Ouch. It turns out she fucking rode horses and took riding lessons from one of the Manson family members at the Spawn Ranch. What? Oh, my God. Now, honey, I signed you up for horse riding lessons, <laughs> but it's a bit out in the desert, and you have to take this tab of acid first. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just do it. That was my character, the mother. That was a good one. Thank you. I want a year and a half of acting lessons at Sac State University. <laughs> One of the greats. One of the greats. My grandma took her there once and got the fucking heebie-jeebies and told my mom they were never going back. <laughs> nice. Okay, that's good. As I was trying to pick up my jaw, wanting to ask all the questions, she then proceeded to tell me the Hillside Strangler was also active in one of the neighborhoods she lived in. And then parentheses, seriously, how the fuck is she alive? <laughs> In 1981, my parents moved from L.A. to Bend, Oregon, which also happened to be not so... Okay. <laughs> which also happened to be not so far away from a little town called Antelope, where the Rajneesh should moved oh, and all the people shit. were freaking the fuck out. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's the greatest hits. My mom <laughs> shared with me that there was a time my grandma was visiting... And they wanted to go to the High Desert Museum, which was the only museum in Bend. My grandma decided to wear a maroon blouse, purple pants. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and when they got to the museum, <laughs> oh, no. the, Rajneesh, the Rajneesh was also there. My mom, in a panic and concerned my grandma was going to get mistaken for being part of a sex cult, <laughs> left before she could ever explain anything to my grandma. My boyfriend usually never has anything to contribute when my mom and I get into our talks, but as we were talking about the Rajneesh, my boyfriend turned to us and said, my dad interviewed my aunt Sheila at the compound. What? My mom's eyes almost burst out of her head, and she screamed, tell me everything! Yay! <laughs> at this point in the conversation, all I could do was laugh. My mom is the one who I share a true crime passion with, so it's not uncommon for us to start talking about this shit when we're together. She's no G-murderino. 
My boyfriend's dad was a radio news reporter, and while the Rajneesh was active, he would go to the compound to conduct interviews for radio segments. He still had several tapes that have never been heard or were used by the news station when he was talking with Sheila. He also still has the welcome gifts that they would give to those who came to visit. Uh -uh. Once we open one, and I'll let you know what's inside. Oh, Oh, once we've opened one. I thought she was just intentionally fucking with us in this email. (laughs) It's about to rip it in half. Thanks for all you do for empowering women, for being honest and open about your own mental health struggles, and how it's okay to not be okay. Yay! It's really okay. It's okay. It's more than okay. It's pretty standard, actually. It's, it's a must for this crowd. It's, it's a must do for America. <laughs> because of you, I established a relationship with a therapist and conquering my anxiety. You ladies always make me laugh every episode and make me my commute so much more enjoyable. Stay sexy and be sure to properly vet equestrian teachers and don't get murdered. With gratitude, Laura. That was great. Man, they really ruined maroon caftans, didn't they? <laughs> I can't wear my maroon shirt with my purple pants anywhere in Antelope. Without seeming like I'm in a cult. Or looking like a human bruise. Come on, Grandma. <laughs> okay, Come this on. one's last, and then this one's second. And then, okay, here we go. About 10 years ago, when living in Portland, Oregon, was still affordable... When it was still affordable, my ex-husband Ian and I rented a wee rickety house with a giant leafy backyard on an unincorporated road. All the neighbors were students and or criminals. (laughs) Or both. Chickens ran amok and several busted cars and trailers were waylaid in the dirt road, riddled with vines and moss. It was a great neighborhood. (laughs) Ian and I are relaxing one night with beers in our big overgrown backyard and our wild-eyed, severely drunken aborist... Aborist? Aborist? Arborist. I knew I knew I was going to get it wrong. Arborist. Thank you. Arborist. There's an amazing subgroup of MFM arborists. <laughs> um, his name is Bradwin. Uh, Arborinos? Oh my God, are you being serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, front row and everything? Fucking Arborinos in the front row, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. That's what my is all about arborists coming together trees and murder trees and murder (laughs) fuck yes what a diverse community (laughs) okay his name was bradwin (laughs) (laughs) sorry it sounds like someone who's like really into arby's or arbor mist oh yeah mixed together yeah um yeah. Okay. We're back. So their neighbor, their severely drunken arborist neighbor, Bradwin, crashed through our back gate and yelled, Do you guys have any drinks? We- <laughs> Is it me in 1991? <laughs> hey, listen, do you have extra beer here? <laughs> Drunk Karen. <laughs> Drunk 90s Karen. My favorite Karen. <laughs> Yes. Yay. Um, we handed him a beer, because that's what you do, I guess. Uh, and he proceeded to regale us with the stories of cutting trees for other crazy people. Before he told his best story, he lurched out into the end of the yard under a giant Douglas fir and took a whiz. 
He came back and said, man, I've been pissing blood because of this massive kidney stone. <laughs> my, ex, my ex and I eyeballed each other knowing that Bradwin had just pissed blood under a beautiful pine tree. This doesn't have anything to do with the story. I just love this part. How awful. It's like nature. And here's Bradwin. This reminds me of when I drink too much coffee in the morning and I start writing emails. And I'm just like, it starts about one thing. And then I'm like, you know what else I hate? I'm just like, do we need to know about Bradwin's kidney stone? We do. Okay. okay. No, we don't. Full trust. We don't. Okay. We started getting up to go inside, but Bradwin proceeded to tell us his claim to fame arborist story. Living in California years back, he had been hired by a prominent lawyer whose name he did not mention. Bradwin was up in a big tree cutting branches, and the lawyer was hanging out on the ground below him, enjoying a cocktail and regaling him with his crazy lawyer stories. As Bradwin was chopping away, the lawyer's daughter came outside. She was about eight years old, and she interrupted their conversation, saying, Daddy, there's a phone call for you. The lawyer said, Honey, please don't interrupt. You can see I'm busy. Great parenting. Talking to the arborist. Right. Okay. He started talking to Bradwin again, and the daughter became impatient. Daddy, the phone is for you. He said again, sweetie, I told you that interrupting is wrong. Now go inside and take a message. Then the little eight-year-old girl yelled, fuck you, daddy. It's Bobby Shapiro. (laughs) (laughs) The dude went running into the house to take the call. Apparently, this lawyer was on OJ's defense team, and Robert Shapiro was on the horn. <laughs> Fuck you, Daddy! It's Fuck you, Bobby Daddy! Shapiro. <laughs> My ex and I laughed our asses off, and Bradwin gave Bradwin another beer. Yes, it was an entertaining night. Um, stay sexy and don't let your drunken arborist neighbor piss blood in your backyard, but do let him fill you in on his OJ connections, Jessica. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck you, Daddy. <laughs> it's Bobby Shapiro. What is that family like? That's amazing. Where is that little girl now? You can't interrupt, but if it's an emergency, say fuck you fuck to me. Fuck you, yeah. These are the rules of the house. No that's running, a lawyer's, no That's a lawyer's daughter, <laughs> yep, for sure. for real. Use your words, please. Oh, fuck me? Oh, Bobby Shapiro, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Okay. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and 
be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old timey cash register that really takes me back. I know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. I won't read the subject line. It's, okay, it's, it's a spoiler. Uh, hi, no. Uh, hi, to all my, hi to all heartbeats, furry and not. Aww, that's creative. Right? It's, po- it's poetic. It's a little creepy. I could, I could, it's all very creepy. <laughs> I, I mean, what are we fucking doing? Right? I could not be further from your target audience. I'm a single man, 52 years old. I also happen to live by myself in the forest. <laughs> I love you. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
and pick me up right now. <laughs> I am begging you. <laughs> the fucking brawny man is writing to oh us right my now. God. <laughs> <laughs> My home is four, uh, oh, in Cal California's Calaveras County. Ugh. My home is four <laughs> miles. My home is four miles as the crow flies from the site of Leonard Lake Charles Ng's torture and murder bunker. Those dicks. I, I don't know if you've done this story, but it's a bizarre one. We haven't because it's, uh, it's the worst. The worst. <clears throat> If they just yelled, yes, you have, I'd be like, super sorry, we have done that one. <laughs> I'm a Bay Area native, born in the city. Born in the city during the summer of love, raised in the East Bay, an unincorporated portion of Contra Costa County called Tara Hills. <laughs> sure. Uh, when I was six or... <laughs> someone yell, fuck you. <laughs> You well, fuck you, daddy. <laughs> it is on. I love that you hate when they yell, I love you, but if they yell, fuck you. I love it. <laughs> Please learn what I'm about. Thank you. When I, okay. When I was six or seven years old, I had established myself within my large cousin group as a fearless child. As the, I did the same thing. As this is the mid-70s, I can best liken myself to Tanner from the Bad News Bears, including his varied and colorful use of language. Mm. It was this act of fearlessness that led to one of the most shocking, fear-filled memories that has scorched into my psyche for life. Mm. He typed dramatically in the forest. His bald head gleaming. His brawny head. <laughs> <laughs> his paper towel covered head yeah. gleaming in the sunlight on what must have been Halloween in 1974 or 75 although I can't be certain I found myself being led through the neighborhood by my large group of older cousins after a long and successful tour of the neighborhood I was informed that it was time to return home of course I refused loudly I demanded to go to just one more house being both loud and lazy I chose the house closest to the current position it was a corner house it was a house shrouded by darkness a house with not one single bulb burning, this house appeared to be dead. Oh. Up the porch steps, my large lazy ass went. My fat, <laughs> my fat fingers found the doorbell and rang in rapid fire a dozen times oh. or more. When that failed to get a response, my pudgy fist found the door and, and banged out a rude knock. On what would have been the fifth or sixth fifth fist fall, the door disappeared. My pudgy fist never found the door again. In its place were now a set of craggy legs, skinny enough to doubt their stability, holding up a pair of dingy blue boxer shorts. The oh, instability no. of the legs was belied by the strength of the voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is this guy a poet? Kind of. Um... <clears throat> that now boomed down upon me with what seemed like cartoon visible sound waves. Get off my porch, you little... Young, lazy, and pudgy, though I was, these terms did not describe the grace, agility, and speed I displayed as I seemingly appeared back with my cousins. I arrived on the sidewalk just in time to hear the loudest door slam I have heard still to this day. It wasn't long after when we noticed a new family living in the corner house. 
Thankfully, Mr. Blue Boxers had moved away. What seemed like a very long time passed between my childhood trick-or-treat terror and the day that we saw that man again. Mr. Blue Boxers had gained weight when we saw him again on the evening news. The breaking story was that of the rape and mutilation of a young woman. Yep, Mr. Blue Boxers was in fact Larry Singleton. Oh my God. He trick-or-treated at fucking Larry Singleton's house. He, he banged on the door until Larry Singleton answered the door. <laughs> Guys. Um, <laughs> I've shared stories like this in the Zodiac, the Night Stalker, Trailside, Lake Ang, etc. with my daughter who has literally been a murderito since birth. Uh-huh. She grew up in Benicia, so the Zodiac happened in her backyard. Her natural inclination to true crime led my daughter the murderino um, I created to turn me into a murderino despite my location at 180 degrees from a typical murderino and being alone in the forest. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't get murdered, but maybe give the forest another chance. <laughs> <laughs> Not all. <laughs> the arborists here are like, yeah. yeah. This is fucking, this night, we call night one of the weekend tree power night. <laughs> And here, this is just the end of that. Not all who wander her beautiful canopy are serial killers. <laughs> At least one of us is a murderino. Sincerely, Donnie. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to hometowns, let's guys. Let's do some hometowns, yeah. everybody. All right. Here's how it's going to go. Let's see. I pick people first. What's that? I pick people first. Yeah. Okay, look, can I have the, can lights, have the lights up, up a really bit, quick? Please? A little bit of house lights. Um, you're going to be going... Oh, here's Vince. Ah. Okay, you're going to meet him right over there. There's rules to this whole thing. Yes, as you well know. Yeah. And this is an important thing, I think, uh, for continuing on in, in this evening and, and through the weekend. Um... You can pick two, one of two lanes. You can be fireball drunk, or you can come and tell your story. Those two lanes will not intersect. And if you jump up here, and then you're in the fireball lane, we love you, we'll hug you, and you get pushed off stage. <laughs> That's just how it is. Because there's good stories to tell, and they gotta get told. But the bad ones, no booing, and no yelling. It's scary up Yeah, yeah. So Don't yell, yell at the other people. You, you yell at us for your own reasons, but no <laughs> yelling at the lay people. And right. um, and we get to do this more than once, yeah. so if you don't get picked tonight, don't worry, because so, you'll have another chance. Cool your fireballs. Hi! We'll start with Alyssa. Alyssa, okay, number Alyssa. one. Let's do here and then we'll do yeah, it after. Right here. Alyssa, everybody. Hi, Georgia, Alyssa. this is Alyssa. Hi, oh, here. OG Margarino fan cult. I love it. Yes. Hi. Hi. Is that on? Yeah. Wow. I'm so excited. I'm uh, Alyssa. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. Thank you nice. for traveling so far. Um, it's my hetero life mate Nikki's 40th birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So this is our adventure. Great. I love it. So I am from Marietta, Georgia, which is a... <laughs> really? <laughs> no, they're just doing that. Oh, okay. They just kind of power through it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, it's a suburb about 20 miles north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we birthed Newt Gingrich, and I'm really, really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so in 2004, 
uh, this guy, Josh, uh, John Hutcherson, and his best friend Frank were at a bar, drinking, having a good time, and decided that they needed to drive home after being very intoxicated. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were driving in his truck, and uh, Frank at one point apparently got sick, and he was like feeling really bad, so he leaned out the window, and they were driving down this very <laughs> windy road, <laughs> which has, you know, power poles. Oh, no. Lines. I saw this movie. Wait, this is called Hereditary. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> they may have gotten the idea from this. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. So at some point, he's swerving <gasps> and gets too close to one of the power lines. No. And Frank's head... Yes. ...is off. You're right. Shit. And apparently he was so drunk that... John didn't notice that this had happened. No. Drives home, parks the truck in his driveway with his friend's body sitting in the passenger seat. Oh, my God. Goes upstairs, covered in blood, and passes out in his bed. What? So, 8 a.m. the next morning, this is the neighborhood that I grew up in, too. Oh, no. A dad and his little baby daughter are walking down the street and sees the truck with the body in it and calls the cops and they go upstairs and wake him up and uh, are like, hey, what happened last night? Uh, and they had to go back to the place, the scene of the accident to find his head. Oh my uh, God. So the, this was the neighborhood I grew up in. He is, his little sister is really good friends with my little sister. So this was So you know big. for a fact this really happened this, and it wasn't an urban legend or anything like 100% that? 100% lived less than a mile from my house. Holy shit. Wow. That's so awful. So uh, he he went to prison, obviously, for manslaughter. Um, But he's out now, and I checked Facebook, and he's, like, living life. Oh, my God. I don't know, though. I don't don't know know how okay. I mean, I'm assuming nightmares are happening at some point. Yeah. 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 They gotta assume. Yeah. That's the spooky Halloween story is what you just gave us right there. Holy shit. Well, we started off with a bang, everybody. Nice one. Marietta, Georgia, showing up and playing strong tonight. Jamie. Jamie. Everyone, this is Jamie. It's Jamie, everybody. And and, and we forgot to mention, you can do your hometown from anywhere. It doesn't have to be from California. I'm from Texas, so I had to bring you guys... uh, Oh, sorry. I'm from Texas. Um, So... Oh, she brought us Bucky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. <laughs> They're beaver nuggets, but for some reason, I just keep calling them beaver balls. <laughs> they are. For nuggets. dirty reasons? Okay. Okay. What you got for us? So, um, my... Uh, my Tickets. Okay. Okay. My, my sister is a... She's kind of a badass. She's... Um, uh, uh, she's a SWAT team member. She's wow. a detective, but she's also on the SWAT team. Nice. First female on her force. Wow. So she told me What's this her story. Name? Her name's Andrea. Okay. Yeah. Way to go, Andrea. Good job. She's really cool. Yeah. Um, and she's a little old like me. When, so, and during the holidays, like for Christmas, does she come and like kick the door open and then like, get down? <laughs> does she crawl, belly crawl through the backyard type of stuff? Sort of. Oh. <laughs> Want to yeah. party with her? Okay. Yeah. So um, she... 
uh, she didn't work on this case, but she, she told me about this case, but it's actually kind of famous. So this is the um, Louisville Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so this was um, 2010 in Louisville, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. And um, <laughs> yay, Texas. <laughs> Um, uh, so this man, um, his name was Jose Coronado, um, had, he's a, a father of six, um, and happily married, uh, just a nice family man, and um, he suddenly had a, a strange period where people were saying like, oh, he might be having a little bit of a nervous breakdown, but um, he was actually starting to get into Santeria, and um, he had some suspicions that his wife was cheating on him. So, um, I, I, and I'm not, you know, I don't know much about this religion or anything, but from what I understand, part of that religious experience is that if there is a demon, the way to get rid of the demon is to cut off the demon's head. Aye. So, um, he discovered that his wife... That's or, or, foreshadowing, <laughs> everybody, just so you know. There's a head! Yeah. So, um, he suspected that his wife was cheating on him, so um, he... Um, somehow got all of his children to go to a restaurant, and this was a like a Sunday afternoon, like a, 11, got his family to go to a restaurant, um, convinced his wife to come home with him, where he had um, this all planned out. Um, I'm not quite sure of the logistics of this, but he had chainsaws that he duct taped one to each hand. Oh, no. no. Yeah. And... Then he chased her through the house oh. with, with the chainsaws running. Sorry, how did he chainsaw duct tape the second I, chainsaw? I, I'm just saying. No. Did he have an assistant? Was the devil with him at that time? Like, did, did he have a machine? He was a wizard. Okay. So he duct taped the chainsaws to his hand. I don't and, like this at all. And what... <laughs> There's not a lot to like about this. Yeah. But what my, my sister was able to tell me that, uh, that some... Uh, an inside scoop was that, well, he, she didn't run away from him very fast because he was able to cut her multiple times throughout the house. Mm. Because oh, so it's on her? <laughs> Come on, Andrea, what the fuck? <laughs> just kidding. No, it's funny no, to turn was, on Andrea the swap. No, the there, was just, there was a trail of evidence of, of bits of, of the wife. This is the, the kind house. of story you don't want the inside scoop on. You know what I mean? Yeah, really. <laughs> Or that There's, phrase used, right? <laughs> so yes, let's. So there were, uh, yeah. So she makes it basically to the front door, where he starts to to dismember her mm -hmm. in the house, and I and I I think at this point she was dead, but then he he dragged her out onto the front lawn. So this is broad daylight, uh, and then decapitates her oh. on the front lawn, and. Very calm, or no, actually, it was in the street. So he dragged her through the front lawn onto the street, decapitates her, somehow removes his little arm situation, right. puts that on his, uh, uh, the bed of his pickup truck, and then just calmly drives away in the family's other car. Wow. So, um, the, the person who found this was the mailman who was the first to come up on the scene and, sees something in the, the road and is like, mm -hmm, what's that? And then he realizes it's a, a head. And then when the police arrived, the, one of the, the uh, chainsaws was still running in the back of his truck. I d yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> and, oh, but the best part is that, so he, he drives to, 
Oh, no, I don't mean the best part. No, he, we so get it. He, if anyone gets it, we get it. Yeah. He drives to um, a car dealership where he deposits... Um, I don't know why I'm looking at you so much. You're, you're also... No, go. Here. It's okay. So he I don't need it. His, Hurtful. He deposits... I, I, I like you both. So he deposits the car and, and just... I guess test drives another car and then drives that to Mexico where oh my God. he's free. Wait, to this day? Yes. Oh. Sorry. Jamie, Until tonight. Spotlight. Oh no. <laughs> Jamie, everyone. <laughs> Leave it to Texas. That was thank you for thank you. Thank, you. Thank, thank you very much for that awful story. <laughs> and wonderful delicious treats. Okay, Georgia, just can we take a moment okay. a pause to say Georgia randomly chose two beheading stories. How? You got a third? Who's doing this? No. Okay. We're not getting a third. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Don't. Hey. Okay, Lauren. It's Lauren, everybody. Say hi. <laughs> Lauren, where are you from? I'm from um, San Clemente, California. All right. Hey. So, okay. So, I grew up in San Clemente, California. Uh, my friend who's in the audience with me as well. And... Um, we knew a set of twins who their family did a mass suicide, if you will, five, a five-person suicide. So the twins, they were 21. We went to high school with them. They dressed the same through high school. You know, they were recluse a little bit, and um, their family, all of a sudden, nobody heard from them. They lived in a gated community, rich family, and um, one day the family uh, relative was like, where, where are they? We don't know. And nobody was like, mm, we don't know what's going on. And three weeks later, somebody was like, mm. it kind of smells. Oh, oh, no. And so they go into the house, and it's a mass suicide, five-person suicide. But the twins are tucked in bed. Everybody's in black. The twins are tucked in the bed, and they're, they were poisoned with Vicodin. Aye. And the grandma also poisoned with Vicodin. And then the mom and the dad, the dad was shot, and the mom shot herself in, shot herself. Yeah. So she committed suicide. So she was like the mastermind of it. Wow. wow. And nobody to this day knows like why they did it. They, it's like, they never interviewed any friends or family. Like, it was just kind of like, that's what happened. <laughs> so. So that's what happened. it's very weird. Yeah. It's really weird. No, it is weird. You're right. Like, it's it terrible. seems like there's a deeper meaning there, but, like, nobody cared to investigate it. Yeah. I don't know. Orange, Orange County, man. Orange County, they're just like, whatever, sweep it under the rug. Yeah, road. exactly. So, well, that's nice. <laughs> Good job. Lauren, Lauren everybody. Give it up for Lauren. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys, tomorrow night, we're going to do some more. Uh, Everyone's going to have their head on, though, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that we're should gonna be We're going to do a, a no decapitation. We've covered rule. all decapitation that's stories. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, that was a really strong kickoff of awful <laughs> shit. Yeah. Just yeah. terrible, terrible stories. Yeah. We hope you guys can sleep okay tonight. <laughs> Don't have hangovers tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we'll see you at the brunch tomorrow. See you at the brunch. We're going to do a real 
show tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, we're so excited. Thank you again for Thank coming here, for coming, playing guys. along, being our friends. Yes. We're so excited to see you, and we will see you tomorrow. Yeah. Bye, you guys. Thank you.